morning, everybody. We hope you're all doing wonderful. It is another victory week here with the Buccaneers, which always makes our show that much more fun. Casey Phillips, Scott Smith, and this is where we take all of your questions. So if you're not already watching on Facebook, make sure you head on over there. You can leave your question in the comment section of our live video as we give people a chance to do that. Um, great win, so much we can talk about. Uh, we, we did find out that we got a, uh, an award for a player. So why don't you tell us that news? Yeah, Shaq Barrett is the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Um, not a huge surprise after he it's, – it's such a great storyline. And going back to Denver where he played for – he was there for five years and played four seasons. Um, <clears throat> he left he, – he has since said this week that um, – or actually last week that he left – he was ready to leave Denver even though he enjoyed his time there and honed his game there and, and played alongside great friends like Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. He was ready to go because it was clear to him – that there was not going to be a starting job for him down the road. It just wasn't going to happen. And that's what he wanted. That's what he sought out. He got a sort of prove it contract, as they call it, for one year here in Tampa. Got his chance to start. Obviously, it worked out better than anybody could have possibly imagined with the league high 19.5 sacks. And so he goes back to Denver for the first time, has two sacks, a safety, three tackles for loss. I mean, I think he had three or four plays that ended drives. Um, it was quite an afternoon for Shaq. It was a great day by the defense overall, and there were some other incredibly impressive performances by the Bucks defenders, but Shaq's storyline was obviously the best one. And, and, you know, he also won last week in week two after the win in Carolina when he had three sacks. And uh, the list of players for the Buccaneers that have won multiple Defensive Player of the Week awards is like a who's who of the best players in team history. It's like Hardy Nickerson, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice and Ronnie Barber. Wow, yeah, that's quite a quite and, a, yeah. a crew. And Levante David. And, and Levante yes, David. as as always for sure. That's yeah, all of those guys. That's quite a crowd <laughs> to be a part of. That's that's yes. really incredible. Uh, and again, for those of you just turning in, just a reminder that you can submit your questions under our live video on Facebook for us. Um, you know, you talked. There were so many incredible performances by the defense. I feel like we're probably going to be saying this every week, but Antoine Winfield Jr. I'm just mind blown by how well he's playing. And I, I think that we've already forgotten how much time all those rookies missed in the off season. So for any rookie to come in and, and play like this, and then much less in this kind of a year, I mean, what have you seen from him of why he has been so effective so early? I think it's incredible how important Antoine Winfield already is to this defense. It's, I mean, he's making plays on a constant basis. He, he last week, against Denver, he starts out in basically what is for the free safety position. And then Sean Murphy Bunting goes down and Sean, as you know, starts on the outside in base defense, but moves into the nickel. He's our number one nickel, our number one slot corner, but Antoine Winfield is our number two. He took all the number two reps at that position during training camp. And so when Sean goes down, he moves into the slot. Mike Edwards comes into safety. We're talking about a rookie who you just said didn't get any preseason games, no off season program had to learn two different jobs while in training camp. And now he's playing them both in the same game. And I, I would advise all of you to go watch um, <clears throat> Rondé Barber. You should do this every week, but Rondé Barber's um, film session video on Buccaneers.com. Uh, go watch that. And, and he's, this is Rondé Barber we're talking about here. And he's also played safety and slide corner and outside corner. And he says uh, it was just in, it didn't look like there was any d difference in the defense after Antoine replaced Sean. And that's impressive. Not that we don't need Sean. We need Sean. And I hope he's back as soon as possible. But 
you can't say enough about this kid. I think it was Shaq who said uh, that he has yet to see him make a mental error in wow. three games as a rookie. He has that. I mean, I don't know if that's true. I'd have to ask the coaches, but yeah. his teammates think that he never messes up. And that's pretty impressive. Uh, one other thing I want to just throw out there from the um, Rondé Barber uh, film session, go watch that and watch the end because the play where Levante David got his interception, Anthony Nelson sort of swarmed over Jeff Driscoll to make that ball fly up in the air. Like it did. You think, and I think, and everybody thinks that play was a blitz. Only four players came at the quarterback on that play. It was, it was uh, Anthony Nelson and, and JPP and then like Carlton Davis and Antoine Winfield and the people like Vita Vea were dropping back into coverage. It wasn't a blitz. And four guys on the Denver defensive line stood there with nothing to do. They were blocking nobody and it worked. And that's what Todd Bowles is doing this year. The, the, the incredible variety of ways that he's bringing people after the quarterback is really, really fun to watch and it's working. And sometimes you don't even realize until something like Rondé breaks it down for you that some of these plays aren't even blitzes. That's, that's really interesting. That is a great point. Um, okay, so we'll get into some of these questions. We had several people, uh, including Quentin. I saw a bunch of other people asking about Chris Godwin and his health, when we'll know things, all of that. Yeah, we'll know something more today. Um, Coach talks on Monday and Wednesday. And uh, on Monday, he said there, him and Sean Murphy-Bunting were going to get MRIs to, to, to determine the severity of their hamstring injuries Today, Coach will tell us more. First of all, we'll get a, an injury report, whether they practice or not, and Coach will probably give us a better idea of how long they'll be out. Personally, I don't really – I think I've said this before. I don't like to make predictions on injuries because I think you can mess it up a lot, and also I feel like I always get it wrong. That being said, I would be surprised if Chris is back this week. Okay. Uh, Justin asked, how much of the offensive playbook do you think Brady is using at this point? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I imagine it's a little bit more every week, but not a huge – huge amount I would think and remember if the playbook is this big you know let's say it's 100 pages or a thousand plays or whatever it is they go in each week and they choose from that and they pare it down and they they choose a, a selection of plays that they intend to use that week not to say they can't go to any part of the playbook during the during the game if it comes to their mind but um, each week is going to have a slimmed down version of what the offense is anyway, even if everybody knows everything. Um, so I would, I, I don't know the, obviously the percentage, but I, I imagine it's not a huge amount at this point. Okay. And uh, Lewis asked if Chris Godwin is out, is there a chance we'll see more of rookie Tyler Johnson? And I know we did see him a little yeah. bit this last Sunday. Yeah. I think that's the answer to the question. We did see Tyler Johnson playing um, after Chris went down and uh, I would, yeah, I, I don't see how that's, I don't even know how it's possible we wouldn't see more of him, particularly if Justin Watson is not back from his shoulder injury. You know, when the Bucks drafted Tyler Johnson, a lot of the things that they that was said about what he could do sounded like what Chris Godwin does. He can play outside. He can really play well in the slot. He runs routes well. He's good with the ball in his hands after the catch. I mean, that sounds like Chris Godwin. So the same way that Justin Watson is sort of a similar player, to Mike Evans and, and, you know, I don't mean to compare anybody to Mike Evans, but a similar type of player, Tyler Johnson seems more like a similar type of player to Chris Godwin. So even if Justin Watson is around, I do expect we'll see more of Tyler Johnson. Yes. Okay. Um, Edward had asked, how do you feel about five to seven pro bowlers now? Cause I know that's something that you <laughs> asked about uh, earlier <laughs> before the season. So now, now that we've got a few games under our belt, what, what are you thinking about the number of pro bowlers? Okay. Um, well, Levante, and Devin both seem like really good candidates. Um, we'll see what happens with the sacks. So JPP and Shaq 
and uh, even maybe in Dominican Sue, all will, all will probably be based on how many sacks they rack up. Um, Mike Evans, the thing about Mike Evans is the yardage isn't there yet. I do expect it to happen, but uh, wide receiver is always a very competitive position for the Pro Bowl. So even though he's got four touchdowns to tie for the league lead, I think he's going to need some big games to make sure he's in. He should be in, obviously. Tom Brady probably makes it in because he's Tom Brady. Um, do we get a guy on the line like Ali Marpet or Ryan Jensen? I don't think my answer has changed that much, to be honest with you. I mean, I think that my the first time we answered this question, I thought it was kind of a little bit aggressive at first, and then we talked it through and realized, yeah, that could happen. It's feasible. And that's still the way I feel. And I do think that the, the Mike stats are going to be interesting to see because you have a game like this last week where he had two touchdowns, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a surefire way to get you towards that Pro Bowl, but then you have two yards. So it's... Yeah, he's the first wide receiver in NFL history to have a game where he had two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. That's incredible. It's happened two other times that they were both tight ends. That's pretty funny. Um, Okay, Lewis asked, if Godwin is out, what changes do you foresee taking place to the game plan? Um, And also he asked about even roster. So in terms of how that might change the way they use different guys on the offense, and then if there would be any movement, I don't know, maybe practice squad, roster, who's active, who's not. I think for the most part, uh, teams and, and play callers and offensive coordinators don't like to have to change the offense week to week based on personnel too much. You know what I'm saying? You'll often hear that if a quarterback is replaced, they go, yeah, we'll play to his strength, but we're not going to change what we do. We are who we are. Um, You know, I would say the biggest thing is when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both out there, it makes it easier for everybody else because they draw so much attention. And we saw that when Chris didn't play, Uh, we've seen three games and in two of them, Scotty Miller has had around 80 yards and, but the year that the week that Chris Godwin didn't play, Scotty, I think, only had a couple catches for not very many yards. And I think it's easier for opposing defenses to um, pay more attention to your ancillary targets like Scotty and the tight ends. Um, and we also saw that when Chris Godwin was out in week two, the Buccaneers ran more than 30% of their plays out of 12 personnel, which is two tight ends, which was higher than what they've done in the other two games. So that would probably be the biggest change, I would think, especially if our blocking tight end is catching passes now. So, um, you know, I think that would be the biggest deal. Whether or not there's a change to the roster or maybe a practice squad elevation uh, from one of the receivers on the roster would probably depend on if Justin Watson is available. Because if Justin's available, you still have Mike, Justin, um, Scotty, Tyler Johnson, Jaden Micken. So you really have enough for a game. Okay. Uh, Bruce asked, do you see Keyshawn Vaughn getting any snaps? Well, it doesn't seem like that's likely – real soon. I mean, he it went in the wrong direction last week when he was not active for the game. The Buccaneers brought up Kenyon Barner from the practice squad and used him on special teams. And he was, he made an impact according to Keith Armstrong on some of the kickoff returns, even though he wasn't the kickoff returner. Um, the, his presence back there changed the, the strategy of the Broncos, according to uh, Keith Armstrong. Um, so, and then, and then Keyshawn was inactive for the game. Uh, obviously you can't get snaps if you're not active. Uh, we'll see this week, but it does seem like all the offense in terms of running backs going through the splitting of the carries between Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette and then LaShawn McCoy as your third down pass catching back. So I'm not sure there's a real spot for Keyshawn right now. And it may not have anything to do with Keyshawn even in how that, well he's progressing. Yeah, it's just one of those things when you have that many talented guys in a room, it's kind of like what we talked about with all those other offensive weapons that sometimes there just aren't enough – snaps yeah. to go around, passes to go around. So 
Yeah, Cam, Cam Brate's not getting a lot of snaps right now, as an example. And we know if he was out there on the field, he would definitely be helping. Right. Um, so Jordan asked, uh, how well would you say the O-line is playing? I think they're playing pretty good. I mean, I feel like the majority of the time, um, Tom Brady is being afforded enough time to throw. I mean, every quarterback's going to get sacked from time to time. And it seems like the majority of the sacks of Brady this year have been on instances where he's, he's really held the ball for a long time to try to find somebody open. Um, you know, I think we're about 10th or something like that in terms of sacks per pass play allowed. It's pretty good. The numbers are pretty good. I mean, the offense overall seems to be rounding into shape. It seems to be pretty steady. I don't think you can do that if your offensive line is having a rough go of it. So I think they've been pretty good. And uh, you brought up, you know, Cam Brate, but overall we just, the Titans, I felt like had been such a big storyline the last few weeks, the fact that they weren't getting targeted as much. And then Christopher asked, uh, what are your thoughts on Gronk catching more passes? Do you see him getting more catches down the road or will he still do more blocking again? Well, he's always going to be doing a lot of blocking because he's on the field for most of the snaps and he's a great blocker. So, you know, you are going to run the ball, whatever your game plan is, you're still going to run the ball 20 to 30 times a game. Uh, so he's going to be doing a lot of blocking and that's good for the Bucks offense. But I would suspect that what we saw in Denver is closer to what you would, you, you should expect on a game to game basis about, you know, he had six catches, let's say four or five, six catches for around 50 yards. And that's, you know, that's pretty good when you're talking about uh, a lot of it is situational because in that game, uh, both Gronk and Chris Godwin, before he got hurt, caught a lot of passes in the intermediate zone where the passes were thrown between zero and 10 yards. And according to next gen stats, Tom Brady's, Tom Brady was excellent on passes in that zone throughout that game. And, and that a lot of those were like underneath passes where you got seven or eight yards on third and six, things like that. So it was very effective. And I think he can be effective in that manner. And then you saw the one time where uh, Tom took a deep shot to him in the end zone and uh, Gronk did get behind the defense. The ball just was a little too long and got out the back of the end zone. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us on Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Those were great questions. We'll be back here next week to break down that game against the Chargers where we will actually have some Bucks fans in the building. That's going to be so much fun. So we'll see you guys next week.